Hi there, beautiful souls. And thank you for tuning in once again on my podcast. And this podcast is going to be a very interesting one. Sometimes it's going to be a bit controversial. I'm going to build upon the last podcast, Freeing Your Mind. And wow, um, I can't wait to start. I hope, you, uh, hope you're going to enjoy it. But before we, uh, we start, let's ask the, uh, the common question. Are you at this moment agitated? Are you in need of stimulation and distraction? And if that is the case, then maybe uh, come back another time and, and try to really relax and calm down your mind before you start uh, distracting yourself with a podcast like this. And for everyone else who is sort of okay, but still has like a chronic disease to, uh, to deal with, so not feeling great, of course, it's always uh, helpful to arrive in your body, arrive in the present moment, Feel where you are, feel your clothes, where you're touching the ground, maybe the bed, or wherever you're touching an, up, an object. Take a really deep breath and follow your breath. And let it all go. I've read that a, a very good calming down method is to tense up every muscle and take a deep breath as well. Hold the breath and all the muscles for like 10 seconds and then release it all at once. Well, it might be uh, too hard. It might not be relaxing at all, but you know, it, it's always a good try to, to try something new. So this podcast, um, where should I start? Um, Lyme disease. I got the diagnosis of Lyme and, and I detoxed a lot. And my mom, she paid for all the detox um, equipment because she was very uh, believing that this would help me and she was very supportive. And thanks, mom, if you're listening. Um, but in the end, um, I noticed that my improvement did not have anything to do with detoxes or not. And the same counts with um, the Epstein-Barr virus. I also had that diagnosis. And there were also um, things that I had to do to do with uh, with Epstein-Barr virus. And in the end as well, I noticed that these detoxes did not really uh, work work for me. And I noticed improvement in the things that I talk about in my other YouTube movies and in my other podcasts. So that was what really helped me. And it's very logical, of course, uh, now that I know a lot more about holistic health and I'm coaching lots of people. But... If you're like in the in the mindset of, you know, you just got sick and you have no clue what is going on, medical science doesn't have a clue what is going on, then it's very um, it's it's a trap, you know, to to fall into these things. That's 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 anyway, in my opinion, and I'm going to talk about viruses and and and, and Lyme later as well. But there are um, well, there is this medical medium. So he talks with a spirit, and from the spirit he gets information about a diet that applies for everyone. And I'm actually not really against the diet. It's like whole foods, it's organic, it's lots of vegetables. I mean, that's that's great if your body likes it. But he is saying that uh, people who are having cr uh, chronic fatigue syndrome and almost every other disease, he, he just he, he just mentioned them all, they all have the same problem, which is, in his opinion, Epstein-Barr virus, and they should do his detoxes 
And basically what he's saying is that if it's not working after three years, then you're not doing it long enough. And there are heartbreaking stories from a mother who spent money uh, having a call with him and he, he just basically tells the exact same thing. It's Epstein-Barr virus. And then he also blamed the mother because she passes Epstein-Barr virus to her son that is probably dying because of her fault. So that is the kind of, uh, of things that we're dealing with. And I personally got in touch with people who were detoxing from these things for like several years and they did improve. But was it really due to the Epstein-Barr virus uh, detoxes? Or was it despite their rigidity that they improved, that it was something else as well? And I think that is why listening to recovery stories, uh, maybe from Dan Neufer or Raylan Egel, is so helpful. Because we can try to read the story between the lines how they actually change themselves and and that is what my whole work is is built upon so that is very s slow uh, summary of, of lyme disease and, and epstein-barr virus and, and it's very logical and by the way i did not believe my lyme uh, diagnosis at all because i think i got only bitten once by a, by a tick and i wasn't really i wasn't really buying into it and that was like decades ago so no i didn't believe it yet i took the medicines of course uh, or or or, uh, or supplements or whatever it was then there is another thing that i would like to talk about which is cer cervical spine stenosis it's uh, something that has been recent in uh, the last few years where they uh, really put people with mecfs or chronic fatigue syndrome um, like they really test them thoroughly and then they found out there is a spine abnormality it's a bit weak and i don't know everything about this condition but when i read about it for the first time my alarm bells were ringing tms and tms is basically uh, the mind-body syndrome from dr sarno where he says that um that uh, back pain is caused by unconscious emotions and by giving people the tools to deal with it and to get aware of, of their emotions back pain can uh, can can disappear but and he was against all these spine surgeries that were out there because he found out that when people had surgery it was never finished there was always something next or the pain shifted to another place and then he started scanning the, the the spines of healthy people as well, and they found and he found out that they had the exact same abnormalities as the people with back pain, but yet they did not have any complaints there. So then his theory was that these abnormalities in the spine were uh, caused by aging or something, but it was not the cause of their uh, their problems. So yeah my whole body was screaming tms or my mind i mean and yet i followed a few people who did the surgery and i think it's been two years now since i'm following them and i haven't seen any results they haven't seen any result and there was always more to be done so for me this is also a very controversial topic and i do not really believe in it and it's, it's as well I've got all my reasons to not believe in it because it's not been proven yet that this cervical spine stenosis is causing it. Uh, 
Yet, of course, some doctors are saying it, just like my doctor claimed Lyme and Epstein-Barr virus for my chronic fatigue syndrome, and now I know in hindsight that that really wasn't the case. Then another thing that I'd like to talk about is extracting teeth. Maybe a medical treatment has been done to the teeth, and maybe it's this uh, this root canal um, treatment. So, and, and then maybe that teeth is the cause of the tooth is the cause of uh, of chronic fatigue syndrome could be an explanation and i've read all these theories where uh, they looked with on people with cancer and they found out most of them had these this this tooth uh, canal uh, root canal uh, treatment but that is logical as well because almost everyone has it above a certain age and yes so personally i know some people well, my mom as well, and she also extracted most of her teeth, and I think she is convinced that it helped, but I have also seen it in other people, and I'm really not convinced that this helps you, and a doctor also uh, talked about me removing one teeth, a dead teeth that I have in my mouth, or dead tooth, sorry, I'm not really good with this plural uh, words in English, teeth tooth. <laughs> well, anyway, I decided to, I mean, I'm, come on, I'm not going to remove my, my front teeth. So, no, I'm not going to do that. And I found out that, as well, it did not really matter. So, there, there are people out there who have removed most of their teeth. And they are convinced that it will help. And, of course, that might give a sort of a placebo effect. Uh, but does it really help you to have your mouth in surgery all the time and everything? Again, I'm not convinced. All right. Then. Then we're also talking about deficiencies. And usually you can find deficiencies in people with chronic fatigue syndrome because they've got uh, irritable bowel syndrome as well, a bad digestion or leaky gut. And then, of course, it's harder to absorb nutrients. But I think that that is caused by stress. And then filling yourself up with supplements is very expensive. But if your digestion still doesn't work, then you can't um, absorb these nutrients. So I think we should work on the stress. And um, there are so many people having chronic fatigue syndrome. And so many people have recovered as well. But those stories are not uh, official by, by medical science because we've been ignored. Our whole group... Um, with people who are suffering have been ignored and we've been told over and over again that we were healthy when at the time when we could not stand up or walk or like me I could not even talk or listen anymore I could hurt mumbling but I did not know what my mom was telling me so we've been ignored and therefore medical science hardly knows anything about us but the people who had it I mean people are generally smart people especially when you went through a chronic disease and you really had to look through, through all your demons and fear and rejection of life people are not stupid and most of the people who have recovered are researching a lot about this condition just like for example Dan Neufer and he found out that all these symptoms were related to the autonomic nervous system being being dysregulated by excessive stress so that is what we should work on and then there are lots of tools that we can deal with, uh, for example, neuroplasticity, stress reduction, emotional healing, uh, well, 
there are lots a lot of other uh, things that I work with in my um, in my recovery program or in my coaching as well so then that makes more sense to reduce stress so we can absorb our food much better but the thing is as well reducing stress is stressful and reducing stress sort of uh, destroys the ego when you're uh, identified with stressful behavior so the question is are you ready to confront yourself and this is for almost everything in life. Are you ready to take responsibility for your health and that you take your matters in your own hand? And as long as there is that there is no medicine out there, then you will go from treatment to treatment. And this is what you eventually have to do. But as soon as there is, as there will become a medicine for chronic fatigue syndrome, we're doomed because we will be unable to do the work and a quick fix is always better than hard inner work. Yet I'm all about hard inner work. And in my coaching, I make it so easy that this hard inner work will not actually take that long. Because if we're able to, to look at the stressors, analyze them, feel them, and release them, and change our lives and change the way we talk to ourselves, well, there's a bit more to it, of course, then change can come very rapid and there I got, I got a sort of a success story from a from a girl I coached a few times and she's so she's like so much better and we were in contact quite a lot um, but she's really improving because she has removed the resistance towards herself life and her body now yourself life and the body that is also a thing that we need to learn to have trust in. You need to learn to trust yourself, life, and your body. And when you don't have that, then of course you're sure, you're certain that you can't heal. And you become a victim of life, victim of yourself. Everything is just random and a disease just happens to you. But as Dan Neufer and I already point out, this is not really the case. And someone else who has also been writing a lot about this is Dr. Hammer. And Dr. Hammer is the, is the founder of Germanic New Medicine. And there is this man that I've been following in the Netherlands. And he is uh, sort of the expert on Germanic New Medicine. And he talks about Germanic New Medicine. Uh, well, he talks about his brother that's where it started for him and he brought his brother died from testicle cancer and his brother died from testicle cancer a few months after uh of, he got it he got testicle cancer a few months after his relationship broke uh broke up and that was heartbreaking for him and then he got this testicle cancer so he People might think, you know, there's always something in my life. There's always something negative around the corner and, and I'm being thrown by the gods or something. And, you know, victim mentality. But what Dr. Hammer found out is that testicle cancer is, uh, is already, he could already see it in people's brain scans long before it started. When they were in the middle of a conflict period, and that is the period of losing someone losing a loved one to another one to another man so he calls that a territorial conflict uh, with a loved one uh, and then he was 
able to predict that that relates to this place in the brain and that relates to uh, something happening in the testicles and that might turn into a cancer. And what is actually happening, found he found out, is that the testicles are sort of the manly uh, place in the body where the man produces testosterone and that the problem for the body might have been that the man was not manly enough to keep his woman and therefore it's going to improve the man in the in in, in in the period and then giving the man more testosterone so that he can be become more manly and deal with the situation or wait with the next situation then afterwards the you know the, the stressor is a little bit a uh, bit gone and that that is what he calls the incubation time and then after the incubation time uh, the cancer is being formed and if the uh, the stress period has been too long then this might be uh, fatal he might not survive the healing phase of this uh, this testicle things and therefore he recommended people uh, by healing a little bit and then going back to the to the conflict phase and then healing a little bit and that's how he did his medicine but what he was basically saying is that everything in the body is a healthy process from the body and it's doing you a service now if we put this to chronic fatigue syndrome then i think that my the between the age of 15 and 30 i was living in stress all the time i was stress addicted adrenaline addicted cortisol addicted and i did everything from a place of pushing myself and that is because i was still living in existential existential threat danger uh, life and i was in survival mode and that's basically also because of situations in life that I couldn't deal with and, and emotions that were still stuck in my body, etc., etc. So then by the age of 29, I broke up my relationship and uh, lots of stressors uh, left my life and I was sort of in a safe place. I had enough money, I had a house and the toxic relationship that I had uh, finished and I was in a good place. Then the incubation time happened and during that time the stressors came up and by the end of that incubation period I felt so stressful and restless and then chronic fatigue syndrome developed. First I got like sort of a, a mild flu, I thought it was a viral infection, I'm not so sure about it anymore. But uh, the healing phase is chronic fatigue syndrome in this case trying to get rid of all the stressors and in this period uh, I cannot deal with new stressors so to speak so I should really focus on eliminating stress and releasing stress and that is what my work as a coach is also all about so if we look at from this perspective then a healing phase or the, or a disease is actually a healing phase and not a disease and it's not something that is happening to us but it is the body doing us a favor and looking back to how I used to be before chronic fatigue syndrome, where I was so stressful and where I was so living in my mind, then my life is so much better right now. And I'm in such a much better place. And I think that is only possible because my body pushed me to a place where I had to heal. I had to uh, relearn my behavior. I had to release stressors and release emotions and doing some really hard and painful work. And going back to the pathogens, the bacteria 
uh, for lime and the uh, the EVV, which are always a little bit you know fishy. Always, it's not really certain, but it's a lot of talking about it. I read already after my diagnosis with the Epstein Barr virus that uh, these Epstein Barr virus are related to stress. So much of the viruses that we talk about in our society have never been isolated or never been proven to be contagious and cause an illness. So if if you would distract it from my body and insert it in your body or, or in cells, like in a, under a microscope, it has not been proven to infect anyone. I don't know if this is the case for all the viruses, but this is for a lot of things the case, and there are a lot of lawsuits out there. So Dr. Hammer, and he's never really trying to be controversial because he wanted to be off-grid, outside of the radar, helping as much people as possible and not being controversial. Whereas I would love to be controversial because sometimes what we really need is a big shock. And I'm a small player, so you know I think I can do it. And I would have been much bigger probably uh, if I were just talking people to the mouth. Instead, uh, well, anyway... Dr. Hammer always says viruses, if they exist, have a function in the body. And it might be possible that the body is making these viruses for yourself. So that the body is doing you a favor and that the Epstein-Barr RNA then, in this case, or exosome, is helping you release stress from your cells. And the body becomes sort of a, a stress pile, a stress bucket, when you don't release the stress. So therefore, it's it's a plausible theory, and when you would really look into it, it might be um, helping you, because it's also empowering. It's empowering to know that your body is working for you and not against you, and that you don't have to figure out the cause of your disease. And looking to yourself from a problem-oriented field and analyzing all the processes in your body and of course, the body does so many things. And, and please tell me, how do you move your hands? How, do your, how does your digestion work? How do you do it? You don't have a clue. And therefore, we should just let the body do what the body does. And there is always a reason for, 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 for problems, which are basically having to do with ourselves standing in our own way of thinking for our body, being rigid or having a stressful personality or being addicted to stress choosing over and over again the wrong situations like the wrong partner that reminds of our of uh, reminds us of our childhood trauma and that is you can read more about that in Rachel Heller's book called Attached and it's also uh, part of the uh, alignment recovery program that you can access for free on my website and another funny thing that the body might be producing for us is TBC uh, cells with tuberculosis in the lungs and that has might been related to uh, cleaning up excessive lung capacity which happens automatically if we're living in a period of extreme fear and then after the incubation time the body might clean it up with the TBC cells or whatever it's been uh, been called and we it's, it's a bit smelly of course and we think that is the disease but it could also be the healing phase and this happened, uh, for example, as well with the Spanish flu after the First World War. First, there was a stressful event, a conflict, a territorial conflict, extreme fear. The body adapted itself. Then the war was over. The body uh, went in the incubation phase. And then later on, the body 
trying to heal, but we were interfering ourselves and we were um, we were thinking that we know better than life, that our limited mind capacity is much better than the intelligence of life and our body and the world and, and the universe itself. We were basically a bit arrogant, Western arrogancy, and uh, it, it, it turned out into a crazy pandemic and people were acting crazy and um, lots of people died which might be caused by the treatments but it might also be caused that the by the healing phase that was just too overwhelming for the body in any way i think it would have been better in a pandemic like then or maybe even now to make it um make it that we start vibrating on a different level on a level of peace and joy acceptance and love and that should be our focus because that is more healing than anything else so of course medical science does not really agree with me and they see everything different and they demonized dr hammer in his lifetime a lot and, and they were trying to avoid him from publishing his papers and his research that's pretty thorough and i I recommend you to dive into it because it gives a big, a really different perspective on everything. And sometimes when we're ill and nothing is really working, we need a change of perspective. We need to get out of the current limits of consciousness and really move above it. And uh, yeah, I had a, a dream in 2014. It was one year before I got chronic fatigue syndrome. And in that period, I used to have lots of visions about the future. They, they came like memories. And I knew what was going to happen. And then I saw for a long period of time so many um, moments of myself being sick, ill. But I also saw myself recovered. So that sort of my, my lifeline. Otherwise, I would have attempted suicide, I think. Um. So I already knew it, and, and I also had lots of predictive dreams with a really big spiritual message. And one dream was about the following. It was a, well, I was a two-dimensional creature. Two-dimensional, just like, you know, these old computer games like Pac-Man or something. And I was stuck in a maze or labyrinth. And whatever I did, I could not get out of it. And I tried all these approaches and strategies and doing things a little bit like that and sometimes a bit rigid and sometimes uh, really strange things if I do this, this, this and this maybe I can get out of the, of, the, of the maze but whatever I did I could not and then after several years of, of trying desperately to get out I, um, I gave up in my dream but what happened at that time is when I accepted my situation for the first time I uh, shifted from a two-dimensional being into a three-dimensional being and there I was standing on the maze and I could just walk away and that for me is how I look at healing as well and if if we then uh, if, if I then continue the dream I went to my my friends Liza and Eric and I showed them the uh, the maze where I was stuck and, and they were looking around and and then Lisa was um, looking at the, the costumes of the people in the two-dimensional world. 
like it was very important she wants to maintain that and she wants to um, work with it and it was very important for her and she was while she was saying all these things she started um, changing into a two-dimensional being and she could not see us anymore and then she was as well stuck in that maze and then i asked eric while we moved out of the maze um don't you think that's sad that she's now there and that you're alone because they were a couple and then eric said no no not at all for her it probably will feel like a long time that she will be stuck in the maze but for us it will only be a few seconds she will come anyway she will come any moment just like it was for you and that is exactly what i mean with expanding our level of consciousness that we need to act from a totally different place uh, and those levels are you can see them in the uh, the pyramid um, of uh, well it's not really pyramid it's a model of levels of consciousness from david r hawkins where you move from the levels of resistance to the levels of courage where you are, are able to allow them and stepping into your place of life and becoming neutral about life and then really going to the higher levels of consciousness by love, peace and joy. And in those levels, you are totally in the moment, you're expressing yourself, you're not using any coping mechanisms anymore. So there's a psychological component about that. And you become more a process than a noun, so to speak. And you are becoming um, a verb, so to speak. So you're doing stuff, you're loving, there is loving, there is doing, there is sitting, there is, well, anything becomes more of a, of a verb. And that is a completely different perspective than when we are this noun, the man, the Daniel, the being the ill person and the thing is as well that when we are in this lower levels of consciousness we want to to do something to arrive somewhere we want to arrive at the future when we have more money or um, more income or what is the same thing uh, more status or a bigger house or a better wife or a better ripped body and and everything like that and that is basically due to the manipulation techniques from our inner darkness that are trying to outrun their feelings. But from the higher levels of consciousness, where you've looked at the feelings because you've seen that walking away from it is pointless and it's just keeping you stuck in, in, in this maze, in this negative spiral as well, that will always turn out to be a disease, I think, then you would see that you already arrived and that you are already good for who you are you don't need to improve yourself and you sort of give up about the egoic identity about how you ought to be and, and where you have to be and then it's comes sort of okay where you are you're just drifting and, and everything is fine and then the, the less you you think and try or force something the more you can actually be yourself and then the qualities of our true self can come shine through us and it is this is um it's it's like lightness it's it's joyful it's peaceful it's calm our minds are empty there is not a lot to think about so then it doesn't really matter anymore where you are in life where you whether you live in this country or that country or you know things are okay and and and, and when the negative emotions come up it probably tells you a boundary so you should take some action and then you take the action and then you don't have to think negative anymore. 
Whereas a lot of people who try to bypass all the hard work into posit- and, and then go to positivity straight away by denying all their negative thoughts. So first they've denied their feelings and everything and their boundaries, and then they deny their thoughts about it. Well, this is a recipe for disaster again. So a lot of people are using gratefulness and as, as a tool to heal because they already know, maybe they read Joe Dispenza, that these higher levels of consciousness are healing. And then they go on, I'm grateful for the bed that I'm living in. I'm grateful that there is a roof above my head and I'm not in the rain. I'm grateful that they have electricity. But, you know, they are fooling themselves once again. They are not grateful at this moment. Instead, they are probably very angry. And this might even backfire on them when their anger is also being stored. And the anger, stored in the body, I mean, and the anger also uh, perpetuates or you get even stronger because you're fooling yourself. You're not authentic. And therefore, I would prefer honesty and, and diving into negative feelings. And we all have them. And we all have our bodies uh, full of these feelings. So... It might be more helpful to write about everything you hate and then about everything you love, you know, in this in this phase. And that the positivity comes as a result from doing the hard work with yourself. But unfortunately, it takes a lot of courage to 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 start this inner work and to start the hard work that I'm talking about. And it is much easier to take a quick fix. And when I was sick. I would probably prefer a quick fix because it was a lot of work. It took me a lot of years, basically, because I was uh, always distracted. And I was, you know, distracted from my path, and I always thought that when it didn't work, when I had a relapse, that maybe it, there was this virus, there was this Lyme, there was this. Well, I did not believe in cervical stenosis, uh, cervical spine stenosis, <laughs> and deficiencies anymore, but. You know, it always became hard to, to, to stay on my path because the the wish for me to, to be quickly fixed it was just so strong. And that is a business. And everybody with chronic fatigue syndrome knows this. How much money have you spent on treatments? And how much did actually work? And then when I really dived into the medical... Uh, profession and, and doctors that study medicine they don't start they, they don't study uh, health or anything they study medicine applying medicine and that all these medicines are about looking the other way and treating the symptoms not the cause and i think it can it can help at, at some points but overall uh, we've never spent as a society more on health care than we did than we do on this day and age and we've never been sicker so i recommend you to check out my website and uh, follow me uh, as well on uh, on spotify or uh, on youtube um, or on google Podcasts. and uh, if you're interested then uh, i would love to help you uh, with a coaching session and uh, you don't need a lot of coaching sessions with me i'm not someone who needs 10 sessions with you Instead, they go pretty deep, pretty shocking sometimes, and uh, I give you some tools. And when you're ready, then you can contact me again, not before that. And uh, yeah, so we, less is more, you know. Anyway, I wish you all uh, a beautiful day. 
I hope you have a good day and you can enjoy uh, the sunshine, life, or even your bed, or even good food. Enjoy anything at all. Enjoy your own company. Maybe uh, if you can get out of bed, go do some dancing or sunbathing. You know, those things really help us. Anyway, I'm rambling and rambling. I wish you all a very, very beautiful day. Thank you for watching or listening. Bye.